house guest, Reverend Dr. Gerald Lamont Thomas of Raleigh, North Carolina. Dr. Thomas is a proud Howard University graduate, is the retired senior pastor of Shiloh Baptist in Plainfield, New Jersey, the associate professor of preaching at Shaw University's Divinity School, and the chaplain of Shaw University in Raleigh. He's coming to bring a word to celebrate 32 years of service and honor our pastor and first lady. Stand to your feet and welcome Dr. Gerald Thomas into the Carolina Warm Embrace. Come on and put your hands together and give God praise. Come on, if you love the Lord. Is there anybody here who really loves the Lord? Come on and praise him like you know him. Has he been good to you? I said, has he been good to you? High five your neighbor and tell him he's been good to me. Been good to me. He's been good to me. He's been good to me. Praise God. You may be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to my dear friend and brother, the honoree, Pastor Anthony Moore and his lovely wife, Cynthia. Ah, 32 years, Doc. Um, and you're still going strong. Amen. Amen. To God be praised. To the officers and members of this great church, to all of our visitors who are here, amen, and to those of you who are watching us uh, via live streaming, uh, welcome to, they call it the CMBC here, CMBC Carolina, amen. I'm just curious, all, all of you who are from Carolina or your grandmama or somebody, just raise your hand so I can see Carolina in the house. Amen, amen. I feel so good now because I live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Amen. Come on, show me some love. I, finally, finally, I made Carolina, baby. My wife is here, amen, and I thank God for her. And she's a native of Greensboro, North Carolina. Amen. So I want you all to know that we represent Carolina this morning. Amen. I heard um, uh, from... A theologian, uh, Dr. Cornell West, said these words, uh, and I want to share them with you. He said, Dr. Moore, that you cannot lead the sheep unless you love the sheep. You cannot lead the sheep unless you love the sheep. Those of you who know that your pastor love you today, why don't you stand on your feet and show that love to your pastor, your first lady. Come on, it's all about the love. I said it's all about the love. Amen. 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 Brother Day, he got his little bell ringing and everything. Ah. What a great day, 30, 32 years of leading God's people. Those testimonies were real. I could feel them, and I know there are many, many more. I bring you greetings from our president, Dr. Paulette Dillard, uh, Shaw University, and dean of the Shaw University Divinity School, Dr. Johnny Bernard Hill. Amen. Uh, as you heard, 
Uh, I did my 30 years. Uh, God allowed me to escape. Amen. Uh, still with half of my right mind. My daughter and me, uh, uh, cousin out there laughing, but it's true. And after those 30 years, and that's all I asked for was 30. He gave me 30. He said, I got some more work for you to do. And so I am blessed to be at Shaw University and at the Shaw University Divinity School to give back and help train the next generation of preachers and clergy so that they can lead the black church, God's people, into greater heights of doing the will of the Lord. And so pray with me and pray for me as I continue to do God's will. Bow your heads with me quickly. Father God, in the name of Jesus, for this hour, for that which you have sent me here to do, Lord, I pray now, endow me with your spiritual power. Let me preach, O oh God, not for fame and not for reputation, but until the end that we might see Jesus and somebody will say, yes, Lord, I love the Lord. I want to be saved. I want to live for him. Do it today, Lord, that it might be a blessing to Pastor Moore, his wife, his family, and to this great congregation. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Let the people say amen. Amen. There's a word for you today. It comes out of the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. Amen. Chapter 12. Gospel of John, chapter 12. And I need one verse. Verse 24. I'm reading from the New International Version. Hear the word of the Lord. And it says, I tell you the truth. Unless a kernel of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. I tell you the truth, verily, verily, except a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil, falls in the ground, and dies, it can remain alone. But if it dies, It produces much fruit. You may be seated. You may be seated. I've, I've come to preach this morning. Pastor Moore, First Lady Moore, Carolina Missionary Baptist Church. Come to preach this morning from this thought, it's a good time to die. It's a good time. To die. Jesus Christ is at the core of our ability and our opportunity to live for him each and every day of our lives. For Jesus told us, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. 
life with all of its nuances and challenges that we meet each and every day lets us know that you can be here today and gone tonight. Life comes through Christ. Jesus declared earlier in the Gospel of John, I am the bread of life. He is the total sustenance for our everyday existence that we depend upon him. And Acts 17 and 28 says it is in him that we live, that we move and have our being. Life is a funny thing. The old preachers used to say that every person should be born twice and die once. But after reviewing this text today, I've concluded that we surely need to be born twice. But we also need to die twice as well. I've just come to tell you this morning, it's a good time to die. Now, I'm not trying to push anybody to the mortuary or to a cemetery any faster than what you need to do because I don't believe that's what Jesus is referring to in this text. But surely as we have our natural birth and you have your birth certificate to prove, amen, that your mother brought you forth into this life, I ask you a question today, is there any proof of your spiritual birth? Is there any documentation that will let us know that you have been miraculously changed by the blood of the Lamb? Is there anybody here who can witness that you have been transferred from physical death to spiritual life? Are you going to pray with me this morning? 2 Corinthians 5 and 14 and 15 states these words. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but we should live for him, the one who died for us and was raised again. There was a simulated television program entitled, What Would You Do? It focused on how individuals would respond in critical moments for the welfare of helping somebody else. It would deal with duty versus decisions. Whether or not you would be insane or insensitive for assisting someone who you don't know in their time of need. They need help and you can do something to help them. Such as a car driving down the road and the person might have some kind of sickness or some kind of physical attack and the car would run off the road and into a lake. You're driving down that road and you see that car having that misfortune net experience. What are you going to do? Are you going to stop your car? Are you going to get out? Are you going to see whether or not you can go and help that person in their time of need? You're not feeling me this morning. Let me make it real to you. You're walking down the street. Someone is in a burning house hollering, help, help, help. What are you going to do? There are children in that house. There's a mother. There's a family there. You can do something to help that situation. Are you just going to be like Dion Warwick and walk on by? 
what if it was you? What, what would you want somebody to do for you in that situation? Would you want somebody to risk their lives in that split situation? You can make a decision whether or not you're going to save somebody or let them burn up. Our lives as believers are interconnected to our future, but they're also intertwined with one another. Whether you believe it or not, check this. Getting what you want is not nearly as important as giving what you have. Ah, Self-sacrifice means to forfeit one thing for another thing considered to be of greater value for the greater good. Self-sacrifice is all about giving up your own personal self-interest for the welfare and the sake of helping someone else other than yourself. Ah, when is it a good time to die? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me. It's, it's a good time to die to self. It's a good time to die to your proverbial self. I was checking out the worship service and everybody had selfie time. Jesus spoke these words in the gospel of Luke chapter 9. If anyone desires to come after me, let him or her deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save their life, you're going to lose it. But whoever loses their life for my sake will save it. You know, self is always getting in the way of God's will, isn't it? So self messes up, amen. If I want to do God's will or do I want my own personal desires? But it's a good time to die, Carolina, to self-interest. It's a good time to die to self-sufficiency. It's a good time to die to self-centeredness and self-righteousness. It's a good time to die to self-confidence. And if there's anybody here who thinks you are a self-made person, it's a good time for you to die. It's a good time to die to our selfishness. Uh, being on a university campus has allowed me to have some fond flashbacks of what life was really all about. Simply because if you didn't learn nothing else in college, you learned how to share. Because when your box came in, you better help somebody else eat some of that spam and potted meat. Amen. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about them Vienna sausages in the midnight hour when you didn't have nothing to eat. Thank God for some crackers. Amen. You better hear me this morning. You learned how to share in college. Because there was going to be a midnight hour when you didn't have no food. There was going to be a time when your ship was not coming in. See, Jesus desires to use our gifts, our talents, our skills, our intellect, our education, and our spiritual attributes only after we turn them over to him and for his glory. Self-denial says, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. So I ask you this morning, I ask you, what is your 
raison d'entre. What, what, what is your reason for being? Why did God really put you here on this earth? Why, why are you a member at this point in time? Make it real, Gerald, that you are a member of Carolina. What is it that God needs from you in order to make this ministry grow? The two most important days of your life is the first day in which you were born. But the second most important day of your life is when you discovered your purpose for being born. Do you think really that life is all about careers and cash and cars and clothes and cosmetics and consumer consumptions? See, stuff cannot be what drives your engine or awakens you in the morning. To be or not to be, that really is the question. See, never forget that you were created to give God praise. Regardless of your situation, God should be able to get a praise out of your lips. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute, there was a depressed woman who was standing on the side of bridge. She had gone through life. She was ready to give up life. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And she stood on the bridge and climbed over and, and jumped off. She wanted to end it. She was tired. She was through. And a man happened to be walking on the other side of the bridge and saw the woman jump in the water. His innate instinct made him go jump in the water to try to save the woman. But he realized that when he jumped in the water, he couldn't swim. And so there he was trying to save the woman, hollering out, help, help, help. I'm sinking, I'm sinking. The woman who jumped in to end her life ended up swimming over to him, grabbed him out of the water, and gave him mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. She saved his life when he went to save her life. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What happened, church? What happened? She discovered a greater need than her own. And in so doing, she found a reason to live. Am I on anybody's street here this morning? Some writer, some writer, some writer, some writer wrote these words. He says, if I let you die, I kill something inside of myself. If I, if I let you fall by the wayside... Something in me will fall by the wayside. I just stopped by to tell somebody it's a good time for you to die. It's a good time to die to yourself. But it's also a good time for you to die for something. 
It's a good time for you to die for a situation. When David went to see his brothers in the battle and they began to rebuke him, thinking he just showed up, amen, to be on Twitter and Facebook, David said, hold up, hold up. That's not why I'm here. My father gave me some food to bring it to you all. And I want to ask you this question, brothers. Is there not a cause? For the past 27 months, these ununited states of America have surely taken us back to the days of Jim Crow and segregation, George Wallace, Bull Connor, Strong Thurman, white supremacy, the Klan, evil murders all over this country of black people, young black men being shot in the back, amen, running away from the police, pulling out selfies, amen, killed by what Marvin said were trigger happy policemen. Aren't you, amen, sick and tired of gun violence? Aren't you sick and tired of white privilege, rich, corrupt folk thinking they can lie and cheat and steal and finagle their children to get into college, amen, while we're struggling and working three jobs trying to get our children in college, but they want to work the system and bring it through the back. Somebody ought to be sick and tired of all of this foolishness that's going on. Ah. People who think that everybody's a fool but them. Cheaters not only come to prove, but chickens also come home to roost. Oh, yeah, I saw that picture of Malcolm X when I was sitting in the waiting room. Somebody better listen to Malcolm. Before there was a civil rights movement and Black Lives Matter, before there was integration and the real Black Panthers, brothers and sisters were down for the cause. When the revolution was not going to be televised on big screen TV, not making big money for Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, things still don't go better with Coke, according to Gil Scott Heron, Pieces of a Man, 1971. We got a situation on our hands never seen before in the lights of American history. This so-called president, Donald J. Trump, has angered a man, the world. He's angered all humanity. He's the Goliath of our time. Evil, insensitive, rude, racist, narcissist. I asked you this morning, is there not a cause? The clock on African-American people is being turned back every day and we still talking about don't worry. Don't worry. No, it's time for you to vote. Say amen. If you ain't ready to go vote, don't talk to me. It's time for you to be an advocate. Amen. It's time for you to get off your hind parts. Amen. You know what part that is. That's the part of the hog that it would sit on. It's time for you to get off and change this era of blatant corruption by any means necessary. I said it's a good time for you to die. There's a cause. It's a good time for you to die. But right now, we don't need Jesse Jackson. Right now, we don't need Minister Farrakhan. Right now, we don't need Al Sharpton. Right now, we need Jesus. Do I have a witness here? I said right now, we need Jesus. And we need him more now 
than we ever needed him before. There's a saying in the Kenyan traditional African-American tradition that posits these words. It's not only physical bravery that counts, but one also must have the courage to face life as it is, to go through sorrows and always sacrifice yourself for the sake of somebody else. It's a good time to die to self. Ain't all about you, baby. We love you, but ain't all about you. It's a good time to die for the cause. Time to get back and deal with some of this stuff that's happening in our communities. But our text demonstrates this morning an acute awareness that Jesus displayed for the cause. He talks about a seed falling into the ground and dying. And if it dies, it will produce much fruit. I looked at that and I said, we live in an age of attachment. See, like plants, every plant, amen, is from a seed. I'm talking to country folk now. And the seed got to go into the ground, amen. And that ground works the right situation so that there's a fruit that comes out of the ground. See, a seed cannot fulfill its purpose, amen. Wait a minute, I got a seed. In my hand, this is called homiletical imagination. What's wrong with your seed? Amen. Amen. You are a seed. You are supposed to go in the ground. You cannot become what you were created to be seed unless you go in the ground. Amen. Seed, you got to be planted. Amen. If there are going to be some additional watermelons, if there are going to be some additional peaches, if there are going to be some additional apples, you got to go in the ground. In order to fulfill your purpose. But check this. You can count the number of apples on a tree. But you cannot count the number of trees in an apple. See, you don't know what that seed is going to produce. Help me, Holy Ghost. Once it gets in the ground. Amen. See, Jesus said, unless it goes in the ground and dies, it remains alone. Check this, check this, check this. Seed does not have to die. It can remain outside of the ground and avoid the metamorphosis or the agronomic process of what the seed and the sunshine and the saturation and the soil will produce. See, that's why some folk in their families prosper spiritually because you don't know the total process of what they've been through. And then they come to church on Sunday and shout. I said, and shout. Because they've been under the hardships of life. But somebody here ought to be able to know that our God is still a miracle working God. And come on, somebody. Weeping may endure. For the night, but somebody got some joy bells. Anybody got joy bells in here? Look back over your life and see what God has brought you through. 
See, it's a process. Somebody has cried all night. Somebody has prayed all night long. But look what God can do. It's a spirit of attachment. But we also can live in a season of detachment. And many of us can come to church and still remain alone and aloof. Lonely and isolated. Separated and friendless, abandoned and in solitary, lonesome and longing, yearning for companionship because somebody didn't shake our hands this morning. You can come to church and still be on the outside looking in because you ain't in the right family or you ain't in the right clique. Amen. I appreciated the woman when she said, go outside your way. Find somebody who you don't normally shake their hands. Amen. Oh, preach, Gerald. I was in class yesterday, my preaching class, and there was a student that has been giving me hell. He hates my guts. He does not like my critique. Amen. If I say up, he says down. If I say right, he says left. But after he got finished preaching yesterday, I went over and gave him some love and saw that he was dealing with his call. And Pastor Moore, streams of water, tears of remorse started rolling down his face because somebody took time to embrace him. I double-dog dare you to go out your way and let somebody else know that you love them. Come on, somebody, and that God appreciates them. Listen to what Jesus said. Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone, imprisoned and deserted, shed in and shed out. It can remain all by itself. Oh, but if it dies, Pastor Moore, if it dies, that divine conjunction, amen, that allows the providential preposition to let us know that something is getting ready to happen. If it dies then the ground becomes accessible to the nutrients and, and the minerals will deal with the seed in the spirit. Preach, Gerald. And the warmth and the darkness will deal with the seed from the dirt. And God's water and sunlight will deal with the seed upon the dirt. And the wind will blow a man through the dirt. Then it can produce much fruit. In other words, you got to go through some stuff, church. Do I have a witness in here? Amen. You got to have some dark days and some lonely nights. You got to know that life is not always peaches and cream. You got to see the rough side of the mountain. It's a good time to die. See, Pastor Moore, what Jesus is really saying to us is that we are worth more spiritually dead then we are sinfully alive. I'll say it again for you. We are worth more spiritually dead than you are sinfully alive. Ah, it's a time to die, church. I know we have life and we got vacation plans and you getting ready to go on your cruise and Go to your baby's graduation. Somebody's getting married in your family. Say amen. But before you get caught up on living, you better learn how to die. 
Do I have a witness? Because the Lord says that if it dies, in other words, if it's willing to go in the dirt and remember what its purpose is, uh, that purpose is not to have a life filled with things, but it's about having a life that can help somebody else. Pastor Moore, I've heard for 32 years, you've been blessing other people. You've been working this congregation, going out of your way to visit the sick and the shed-in. Uh, it's a funny thing, my brothers and my sisters. Uh, I got a call one day that, that there was a, a preacher that was writing a book entitled One More Minute. And I started reading the book and, and I saw some devotions inside of that book. And those devotions inspired my heart to know that God is never finished with you as long as your hand is in God's hand. Do I have a witness here? I said it's a good time to die. After I read one more minute, preach, Gerald, simply because you don't know how long you have to live on this life. Somebody here just might have today. You only may have next week. Uh, you just may have next month. Uh, you only may have this year. But I'm here to declare and decree that as long as I have to live, I'm going to live for the Lord. I'm going to serve Jesus with all that I have. Do I have a witness here? I'm going to give him all I got so that when I have to see him for myself, I want to hear him say, well done. Is there anybody here who wants to hear him say, well done? Say, yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. It's a good time to die to yourself. But it's a good time to die for some situations. But it's also a good time to die with your Savior. I got to get ready to take my seat. But I heard Paul write these words. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and died for me. Is there anybody here today? who know God loves you? Is there anybody here today that know God has blessed you? Say yeah, yeah, yeah. I got more paper than I got time, but there's a boy by the name of William McDowell who wrote this song that says, I give my life away. I give my life away. Anybody here want to give your life to the Lord? Anybody here want to live for God? 
Stand on your feet this morning. Stand on your feet today. Stand on your feet right now. I give my life away that you might use me. That you might make me a blessing to somebody else. Come on, clap your hands right here.